Welcome to this week's edition, special edition that is, of the Weekly Travel Alert. I'm Steve Glenn. I'm Paul Glenn. This week we're going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly of traveling to New York City, the Big Apple, Paul. Yeah. And we've got exciting things. I was there a couple weeks ago and uh, thought, hey, let me bring to our listeners of the podcast, the Weekly Travel Alert, all the good, the bad, the ugly. I've been there many, many times, and so... Let's get started. Sounds good. The first headline reads, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly about New York City. I'm just coming back from a travel conference, Paul, trying to learn everything about the future of what's happening in travel. It's called the Skift Global Forum in New York City. And uh, I was at the Javits Center, which is a new convention center there on the, by the Hudson River. Okay. Really beautiful. They had a a rooftop area to walk out onto that has grass growing on the roof and all the fancy stuff. So it was really, really nice. I was impressed. Is that in the heart of Manhattan? No, it's actually on the on the west side. The northwest side? Yards or whatever they okay, call that. Closer term. to the park? Yeah, so okay. it's uh, it's uh, it was very beautiful. Great convention center. Here are some of my observations about New York City. Number one, you've got three airports. Newark, LaGuardia and JFK. I normally fly into Newark and I tried to always miss JFK because it's so far out there. It's mostly international flights and I fly United. United doesn't have many flights to JFK. They fly in, their hub is Newark, mm -hmm. right? But it cost a C note, a hundred bucks yep. to taxi in from Newark. And man, that gets old paying a hundred bucks each direction. And the alternatives aren't that great either. No, there if is you're going to save a little bit of money, then you're going to jump into a van. There you're going to you're going to you know, we're going to stop at six other hotels before you get to yours. So it's time versus money. And they do have a train, which I'm going to try sometime, that takes you into I think Grand Central or somewhere. And then you can taxi from there, which would probably be twelve dollars for a train. Yeah. And then probably 20 bucks for a taxi. So that might save that in half. But now I'm going to try to fly into LaGuardia. LaGuardia sits real close to the downtown area, and they put billions of dollars in new terminal. It looks cool. I was going to say, for the last handful of years, it seems like everything you hear about LaGuardia has been just complaints about it. It would take you two hours to get to the airport because of the construction and the traffic that was was uh, being delayed because of the construction. Yeah, and five years ago, flying into LaGuardia was like flying into a third world country, Paul. I flew in during a rainstorm and there were buckets all over the floor because the roof literally was pouring water through it. And I felt like, where am I at? What third world country am I in? And so I kind of tried to stay away from LaGuardia for many years. They have a small air runway that runs right over the river. And so, uh, it, you know, it's a very short runway, too, and so you can't have that many big flights go in there. But it's actually it's actually my preferred airport now. Uh, just think about that. that. If that was the first impression that somebody coming to the United States got, <laughs> how sad is that? It's pretty sad. So LaGuardia is, is now on the top of my list, and I'll tell you something that bugs me when airports, they finally figured it out. LaGuardia figured out that when a plane comes up, pulls up to the gate, they have 175 people getting off. And where's the first thing they go to? They got to find the bathroom. Go into the bathroom. <laughs> LaGuardia actually has big bathrooms. It's actually 
fun. They, somebody listened to me in Arkansas, uh-huh. and uh, I was able to finally get a bathroom that is should be built for an airport. Convenience. Yeah, for convenience. So um, the next headline that I put down on this week's special edition of the Weekly Traveler, where has all the graffiti gone? Paul, I couldn't believe it. 25, 30 years ago, you went to New York City and graffiti was everywhere, on every wall, everything, every... Of course, they're still on some of the subways, but that's the fun of New York City. But I noticed New York looks cleaned up. Yeah. No, I noticed that when I was there about a year ago, that uh, the graffiti was gone. It felt clean. You know, there's always talks about New York and its safety, but, uh, you know, at no point did I feel like there was any safety issues in our experience there i didn't even see a homeless person in new york city believe that a no homeless person that i saw of course i was in the touristy areas they probably try to keep them out of the touristy areas but heck i see homeless people in in lincoln nebraska when i come to work yeah every day so the next headline i have in this week's special edition of the weekly traveler you have to see broadway show if you go to the big apple now I love Broadway shows. There's nothing that beats it. And maybe that's my genre, my or my baby boomer age in me, where I love to see a musical, the Mamma Mia's and the Phantom of the Operas and Les Mis and all those great shows uh, that are musicals. So I remember one weekend, your mother and I went to New York City and we went and saw five Broadway shows in three days. I think we hit two matinees and and night shows. <laughs> you, and you'd, have to, you'd have to rob a bank to do that now. Well, you know what? <laughs> I couldn't believe. I went and some of the tickets are 500 yeah, bucks, Paul. That's crazy. 500 Actually, bucks. when we went, we went and saw The Music Man and some famous actor was actually in it. And I believe our tickets, the 15 rows back from the stage, I believe they were over $1,000 a piece. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, you got to be careful of how you buy your, your Broadway ticket shows, Paul, because some of these websites, they're, they're at the top of the list. You know, if you Google New York Broadway show tickets, you're going to get popped up at the top of the list, these websites. Many of those websites will charge you a 20% premium. So be very careful. Sometimes if you find out where the show is, if you go to the show, go to the venue, the venues yep. website and get tickets for the, they don't have that 20% premium. They might charge you something for the tickets, but they're not going to charge you uh, $500 for a $300 ticket. Well, and the alternative to that is if you're really not specific on what you want to go see, you just want to go see a show, you know, you can get discount tickets the day of. So, right. Well, and that's my next headline is you got to go to the TKTS stand in yep. Times Square and they have 50% off tickets yeah. the day of the show, but it's just for the shows that day. So what happens? The box office for each show sends their excess tickets to the TKTS stand office at Times Square. There's a couple other locations. And you go there, you wait in line. You stand and in line. It's yeah. not it's not quick and easy. And then you look at the, the board and it'll say, you know, the cat's tickets are 50% off and that type of thing. So it's a great value. Yep. You save a lot of money. You don't save time because you're going to stand in line a little bit. You may not get the show that you necessarily want. So I think right. that's the, the risk that you take is there's no guarantees on what's going to be available. But, you know, if you want to do it, get the experience and save some money, that's a great way to do it. The next headline in this week's special edition of the Weekly Traveler reads, Food prices have skyrocketed in the Big Apple. Every restaurant I went to... 
uh, prices were at least 50% higher. I just couldn't believe it. And what I found is that New York City is looking at um, where they're going to require them to increase their wages that they pay. Used to be they'd make most of their wages from tips. Tips, And now they're going to have a minimum wage for restaurant workers that uh, they can't include the tip with. Uh, Interesting. You know, I read a book here a couple months back, and it kind of hit on that. It was regarding, you know, take control of what your employees are are making for their compensation and then have higher expectations for what they're delivering as far as the experience. So I think there's something to that 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 might make it so that your experience going into a a high-end restaurant will will step up a notch because the restaurateur is actually taking better care of his employees and recognizing their role in what your experience is going to be. The next headline in this week's weekly travel alert reads, American Airlines was a disappointment to me. Paul. Now, let me explain. I'm a United guy. So I go uh, Omaha, Chicago, Chicago to Newark. Okay. And then I thought, I wonder if there's any direct flights back to Omaha. Guess what there was? It was American Airlines direct flight, right? So I get all excited. I'm going to book a direct flight. I'll get back fast and early on my flight. So I'm first class. Yeah. uh, So you're expecting a great experience. Expecting a great experience. And so then I'm heading to LaGuardia to take my direct flight back to Omaha, and I get this ding on my phone. Sorry, your flight has been canceled. Oh. So I get to the airport. I stand in line, and I get to this lady, and she's very helpful, and she gets me a flight from uh, LaGuardia to Charlotte to Omaha. It was actually a good flight. And so I got the last seat on the flight, and I jumped on board and headed to Charlotte. And it just seems like um, I was really disappointed in the service. It just, you know, for some reason, first-class service now on American is just giving you two extra inches of seat room and not much more, not much more service at all. And uh, along with that came the next statement that they, <laughs> they made to me. This is the biggest impact yeah. right here. Uh, <laughs> when the flight attendant said, I'm sorry, all we have left is the vegetarian meal. I'm thinking, okay, I don't really want anything, but I'll try it. And um, so they gave me the vegetarian meal. And as you can tell, I haven't taken many vegetarian meals in my life. (laughs) So I took, and I'll tell you, I could not eat this. I mean, I'll eat vegetables, and it was so bad. I don't know if I'd give it to my dog to eat, but. Uh, shame on you, American Airlines, for trying to feed people like that, and especially for people that are in first class. And that are and, paying for first class. I mean, yeah. that's the, the reality is, and we've talked about this on a prior podcast, is you know, it used to be first class was primarily status holders for the airline that were getting upgraded. Yeah, for free. And now people are actually paying, paying for, for, it. for that experience. So the expectations need to be uh, increased as far as what the airlines are delivering now that people are paying that premium. The next headline of the Weekly Traveler, Charlotte Airport is actually a cool airport to go through. I actually like the hub that American Airlines has at the Charlotte Airport. You know, you go through there, you feel like you're in the South, Mm -hmm. and they've got these white rocking chairs 
that everybody sits in. Yeah. They, they go, hey, I haven't seen a rocking chair in years. So they go sit in the rocking chair. The terminal is laid out, so there's a lots of restaurants. There's lots of places to have food. And they have, uh, you know, now they have American uh, American Express Lounge there because it's an American hub. So mm-hmm. United's not going to have a lounge there. But if you have an American Express Platinum card, you can take advantage of that with that club, which is a great club at that airport. And so I really like the Charlotte hub. It just seems like a, a comfortable hub to go through. Well, and I think to that, Charlotte itself is a, is a fun city. So if you're looking for something that's not your standard top of mind weekend getaway, we did a, a fam trip there a handful of years back and, and the food trucks and just the, the, the vibe of Charlotte is something that I really enjoyed. Never, never had thought about going there and we did it. And I was like, that was that was a blast. Now a fam trip to those not in our industry is called a familiarization trip, where we often take some of our corporate customers, take them to a city, view different airports, hotels, and different hotels. Yep. Yeah, along the way. So um, we sometimes use those acronyms in our business, and uh, the rest of the world doesn't know what we're talking about. Paul, what are we going to talk about in this week's um, travel week and review? We're, we're going to talk about airfares. Yeah, we? I think we're just going to, you know, it's been an ongoing topic regarding what's going on with with airfares right now and so you know we talked a couple weeks back about business class to europe that you know the summer was twelve fifteen thousand dollars a ticket being at thirty five hundred dollars a ticket so business class to europe was thirty five hundred about what, three weeks about ago? three weeks ago yeah and then it, it bumped up uh the tickets i was watching were up at about fifty seven hundred dollars here last week at this time and then yesterday last night i was looking and they'd fallen back to about forty seven hundred so you know it's still you can get three for about what one cost here just four months ago well we talked about all the great deals to europe where there are Four hundred and six hundred dollar fares uh, from the U.S. to some European cities, and I noticed just last week even the Omaha to Rome fare had gone up to about eight hundred and fifty dollars, down from about six hundred dollars. So they've inched up a little bit as we go too. I've also noticed that Southwest and Alaska. In the last three weeks, have thrown in these $59, $29 special sales. So they must have empty seats still. I, well, I think they do. But, you know, even when it's just those guys that are throwing out these sales, that gets people going to look. So I think that's why yeah. we're seeing this roller coaster of pricing. It's some of the, the big guys are watching their inventory get uh, picked up while these other guys have their sales going on. And so they're, they're trying to maximize that revenue. One other thing that uh, several weeks ago we talked about American Airlines, and I said – they are kind of in this financial death spiral. Unfortunately, last week it came out that they lost almost a half a billion dollars during the third quarter. Now, get this, Paul. The third quarter is when the airlines make hay. That's when they make all their money. And what happened to American Airlines? They lost a half a billion dollars. They were expected to make almost a billion dollars, but they lost a half a billion. So um, you got to wonder about if the strategy of American Airlines is successful or is it a failure? And you and I are kind of on the same page there. We think they went down the wrong path. I have made some strategic decisions that uh, 
I think are going to continue to make it so that they're not viewed as a partner uh, to to the travel management community, or the corporate um, travel. Yeah, management. I mean, I think that's the whether it be the the travel agencies or the corporate travel accounts. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, no, I have, I have certain list? things I know that I can't probably put out there. Um, but yeah, I think I, I I think some of the decisions they've made are. are um, bringing about the challenges that they're seeing, and, and I don't know how they get out of it. Well, and, and now your number one airline is United, yeah. I assume. Yeah. Is Del- and and is- it's primarily because where I live. You know, yeah. They're the only carrier that comes in to a location that I can be at the airport or home from the airport within 30 minutes. You yeah. know, If we had Delta in this market, I think I'd, I'd probably explore that just because of the changes in the industry over the last three years. And I'd rate Delta probably as the most consistent airline. And they still have some of that Southern charm. Yeah. They're, they're just kind of, we are here to help. We're here to help each other. And it, it, it still feels like they have that they that care. Personal they care. Service. It feels like yeah. they care. Well, and Southwest used to have that. Now they're getting a little more plasticky and and being like the other guys. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this week's special edition of the Weekly Traveler: the good, the bad, and the ugly about New York City, the Big Apple. I'm Steve Glenn. I'm Paul Glenn. Please like, share, and subscribe. And add any comments or questions to the comments below so that we can hit the topics that you want us to discuss on a future podcast. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.